Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Strive for Strength podcast. I'm your host, Kendall Strample, otherwise known as Fears to Fit, and I am a fitness and business enthusiast, and I'm bringing you the stories of not only myself, but other incredible human beings to help educate you on all things personal development, business, health, and mindset, so that as millennials, we can mobilize our generation and rise. before we dive into today's episode, a lot of you guys know I am a stay-at-home worker. I work for myself, but the one thing I always look forward to every day is my workout. I want to get out of the house and I want to have an amazing workout session. And one of the things that's extremely elevated my workouts recently is Ghost Legend pre-workout. Not only that, but afterwards, I also take their vegan protein powder and oh my gosh, guys, my health, my workouts, all elevated If you're interested in looking for a new pre-workout on the market, Ghost Legend is literally a life changer. And if you're not into the whole caffeinated thing, they also have a pump product that still gets you a wicked pump in the gym, a sick workout. So if you guys are on the market for a new protein powder or a new pre-workout, Ghost Lifestyle is your go-to. And if you guys are looking to get one, you can go to ghostlifestyle.com and you can use my discount code for 20% off. Um, It is just Kendall, K-E-N. D-A-L-L. Now, let's hop into today's episode with Tony Steffen. He is a mentor, a registered dietitian, and he helps other nutritional coaches and registered dietitians up-level their businesses, and not only that, but creates incredible health transformations for people all over the world. So I'm so excited for him to give you a little bit of insight on how to be the best possible coach that you can be and to up-level your business. So everybody, let's get ready and... I thank you so much for tuning in. This is my episode with... All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Strive for Strength podcast today. I'm super excited because we have an awesome guest on today. His name is Tony Steffen. Tony, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Hey, Kendall, thank you so much. I know you just told me you're not feeling well, so I'm super excited that you still took time out of your day to speak with me. I'm so excited to be here in front of your audience and add value however I can. Yeah, sweet. So Tony, I've um, I've been following you for a little bit now and I've really enjoyed kind of the the depth of your how, how amazing a writer you are and so much insight that you give. And, um, you know, for you, I would love if you could share with my audience who you are, um, what you do and, and the service that you provide in the world. Yeah, absolutely. So my main thing that I do is I'm a registered dietitian. I've been an RD now for about four and a half years. I got my RD when I was 23. I'm 28 now. So about four and a half years. And for the longest time, what I was doing was I was working in health clubs as an RD. And then I launched my own online coaching business, which was all nutrition coaching. And then I built that up to a pretty good level of success. And I found myself getting asked a lot of questions from other aspirational registered dietitians, nutrition coaches, And what started off as me just answering questions with that turned into phone calls, turned into one paying client. And now I'm so still like gives me chills to admit that it's grown into 27 people. Um, We do a full blown mentorship program for RDs and nutrition coaches, do group calls, private calls. We have a huge, amazing support community on Facebook. And we're now getting into weekend retreats and doing live events. And we're doing our next one. Uh, this month, January in New York. So it's kind of funny how it all worked out, but that's like where I was and that's what I do now. Wow. That's awesome. So 
you know, for the world of online coaching nowadays, um, this is something I kind of wanted to touch on first, but, you know, obviously with you being a registered dietitian, what made you really take the route of not going, you know, super clinical working in like a lab setting or like a hospital setting or anything like that? What really after you to go into the world of online, online business? Yeah, that's such a great question. So for me, um, I, have a, I have a kind of a longer backstory, but for me, fitness really saved my life. Uh, it got me through a lot of adversity. I'm, I'm happy to go deeper into that if you'd like, but it got me through some adversity very early on uh, as a young man. And I always loved the role fitness played in my life. So I knew very early on that my God-given purpose was to help other people through fitness. And it started off as personal training. When I was 18, I got certified as a trainer, but I didn't want to just stop there. I wanted to do nutrition as well. And I always wanted to be an RD, but I knew that I was just destined to stay in the fitness industry because I knew that, that I could create bit, like greater impact in someone's life through coaching instead of acute care, right? So instead of seeing someone who's really sick for 10 minutes and getting a diet education, there could be so much more impact created through ongoing coaching. And that's really what drove it was impact for others. Wow, that's awesome. And I know for us, you know, we definitely want to talk more on the client experience. So I would love to hear a little bit more about your journey with fitness, because I think connection is a really big thing that um, you know helps us and makes us want to actually businesses that we have. So for you, as far as it goes fitness journey, what does that really look like for you? Where did it all start? Oh my gosh, I, I agree. That's something I always like to say to you know, uh, anyone I work with and for any like newer coach listening is your clients buy you people buy coaches, not coaching. So it's your story that can create the most connection. So for me, Kendall, it all started with the unexpected death of my mother. Um, I was 18 years old and I found out that my mother had lost her life to a drug overdose. And it was in this moment as a very young man, that I was experiencing a lot of self-doubt, a lot of insecurity, a lot of anger towards my mother. My mother had battled with addiction for quite a long period of time. She had left home when, when I was 14, was in and out of my life for a little bit. And then she really lost her battle at that point when she lost her life. And I was just so lost in, in emotion and pain and anger and anxiety. And my father at the time saw that. And we were in our house in Warren, Michigan, right outside of Detroit, Michigan. And it was a small house. In the basement, there was a weight bench. It was like an old school weight bench, Kendall, like with the sand dumbbells. I don't know if you've ever seen those, like the big block ones with like sand in them. Yeah. And um, he took me down this basement. And I, I'll still remember this. He put his hand on my shoulder and he showed me the weight bench. And he said, I can't get your mom back, but I want this to be an outlet for you. I want the weights. I want fitness. I want exercise to be an outlet instead of drugs, instead of alcohol, instead of crime, because you could just see I was, again, as a young man, testosterone pumping, you know, just lost his mother dealing with all, we, we were dealing with so much financial insecurity. So I was dealing with all that. And that was my introduction to fitness. So I love the way that fitness just served as an outlet all that pain, all that anger, all that frustration, all that, all that scarcity mindset. Are we going to lose our home? Because we had to file bankruptcy when my mom left. So, oh my God, are we going to lose our home? Oh my God, Christmas, we're eating Burger King. Are we going to have money to pay our bills? Oh my God, my mom's calling me, leaving me, you know, messages where she's slurring her words. She's obviously inebriated. I, like what's going to happen to her? 
fitness was the outlet for that. And I loved it so much that it led me to want to, as I mentioned earlier, do this for others, provide others with an outlet for what they were going through. Maybe insecurity with their body image, maybe financial insecurity, maybe, again, maybe they lost a parent or a loved one. I wanted to use fitness as that resource to help them overcome that. So at the age of 18, I went out, became certified as a personal trainer. I started working at LA Fitness while I was in college working on my dietetics degree. I was paid a whopping six a session as a personal trainer but i knew and this is a good takeaway for anyone who's like brand new listening to this i knew that what i wasn't being paid in like monetary value i was going to be paid in experience and even though i was paid like crap and like barely getting by i knew that the experience i was gaining as a coach was going to pay dividends early on so for someone new listening don't be afraid to take clients on for free for take clients on for dirt cheap in the beginning. Like you should know your worth. I mean, if we talk about that, but experience is invaluable for the early on coach. So I knew that getting that client experience was helpful. I took on massive student loan debts. I ended up being like $40,000 in debt. Um, I was 23, graduated with my RD. And as I mentioned, I started working for health clubs. I was doing pretty well at that time, but I knew that I was like destined to do an entrepreneurial thing. I always wanted to own my own business Um, I always wanted to just do what I do now, you know, help people from a broader perspective than just Novi, Michigan, which is where I was looking at that time. But I kept delaying, Kendall. I kept delaying it. I kept filling my head with limiting beliefs. I kept telling myself all the reasons I couldn't do it. And I had these dreams, but I, I just didn't take action on it. And then I don't know what it was, but one day I woke up, I was washing my face, and I looked myself dead in the eye in the mirror. And it's as if I had this epiphany. I came to this realization that if I was going to do it on my own, I would have already been doing it. I was like 25 at this time. I was just wasting time. And now I was just convicted that it was time to pay someone to help me to do it. So that's another good thing I like to tie back to anyone listening is if you've had goals for a long time of starting a business, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, doing online health coaching, and you haven't pushed yourself to do it, maybe it's time to invest in yourself and take that leap. So I did. Um, I had $10,000 in my bank account. I, at the age of 17, I started my first bank account with $5. I swore I would never be broke again. I would never empty it out. And I made a $10,000 investment into a mentor. His name is Bejos Koulian. Um, I still work with him to this day. And I flew out there to California to meet with them. I mean, I was beyond, I was beyond scared. You know, I gave literally all the money I had. I've never worked with him before. I knew who he was and I was convinced he could help me, but I was beyond scared. I was overcoming so many limiting beliefs, so much doubt. Again, that scarcity mindset was there. And it was in his office, the first time I met him, that he made me realize something. Because he asked me my hero's story. So I started telling him about my mom, same thing that I told to you and your listeners here. And I started breaking down. I started crying because it was very hard to tell at that time. And he stopped me mid-sentence and he said, what you went through with that is now your gift to give to others. The best way you could honor your adversity, your challenge, the struggle you went through is using that to propel you to help others and making it your mission and your duty in this world to help other people as an online registered dietitian, as a mentor. And that was like the big shift for me. And that's what helped me change my money mindset as well. 
And that's something we can talk about. But yeah, so that in a long winded answer, that is my story. And that's some of the lessons I've learned down the line. Incredible. And now it's really helped you build up to have such a successful online presence and, you know, be able to make an impact on a lot of other people's lives. And for you with having a coaching business, Tony, I really wanted to speak a little bit more because you've had such, you know, success with your clients and had some amazing transformations um, about the client experience and how as an online coach, you can really create just the best experience for, for the clients that you have. Cause if you, after all, you know, do really want to make an impact, really do want to change lives. It all comes down to how you're going to nurture that client. So for you, Tony, and in your opinion, cause I know for a lot of coaches, it can be different, but um, where do you think, you know, it really starts when it comes to building a really, really good client experience? I love that question so much, Kendall. And that's something I've always tried to, the phrase I like to use is, I always try to model my coaching as a luxury class experience. So think about like a five-star hotel, like a Ritz-Carlton. My wife and I just went to Berlin for Christmas and we stayed at the Ritz in Berlin. And it's just from the moment you walk in, so the moment you like set eyes on the building, it's just an amazing experience from the door greeter to the person who opens up your taxi and lets you out and grabs your bags. to when you walk in to the concierge, it's just, it's a beautiful experience. That's what I've wanted my online coaching to be. So from the moment anyone hits my storefront, which is like Instagram, right? Or Facebook, it's a good experience. It's well-kept, it's professional, it's engaging, it's high energy. From the moment that we interact, I make it all about them. All, all about them. This is a big area I see a lot of new coaches making a mistake on is we want to talk about us. I'm certified through here. I have a degree in this. I can do this, this, this. I, I, I. What's in it for me? That's that's the frame I always try to put myself in, Kendall, is I think about my client and I know that they're thinking, what's in it for me? So I make it all about them. I make it about getting to know them, understanding their pains, their fears, their failures, their frustrations, the obstacles, the problem that they have and how I can provide that solution for them. And then once they become a client, they're treated like gold because the one of my favorite expressions is the best new client is a current client. So it's about detailing the onboarding process, setting the expectations of a good client for them, like what I need them to do so I can deliver the best results for them, how the check-in process works, how the communication process works, whether it's Skype calls, phone calls, um, email messaging, what I need them to do, how I need them to check in on their check-ins, how they're going to get responses back. It's just building out a blueprint of exactly what our coaching experience will look like for that. And then it's just over delivering. I'm a big believer that if someone pays me for $500 of coaching and I deliver $500 of value, I failed. I always have to look to over deliver. So whether it's a handwritten thank you note, whether it's texting them on their birthday, whether it's just getting to know them as a human and always interacting with them, you know, about their kids or their dog or their family and just, you know, treating them above and beyond the expectation that they expect from a nutrition coach or a dietitian. That's so important. So it's a combination of those things. Amazing. And I I 100% agree. And I want to dive a little bit further into the connection part of things that we first started off with. And like you said, really building that experience. And I think for me, um, what it really came down to was, you know, my biggest platform is Instagram. And I know for you, that's a really large platform as well that you, you know, drive leads with and everything. Um, As far as it goes with the connection to content, because I think that speaks a lot into the first touch that someone really gets 
when it comes to, you know, if they even want to consider you as a coach. So when it comes to you actually putting work into your content, what are the, some of the things that go through your head when you are like, how can I serve my client? Or, you know, is there anything specifically when you build your content that you think will create that firsthand connection? Yeah, that's such a great question. And this is something I think you do really well, because I've, I've been following you for a little bit of time too. So I think it's two things. Number one, whenever I create any post, any piece of content, I read it through the lens of my client. So I, or my perspective client, I should say. So I read it back, not as Tony who created it. Of course, I'm going to like it. I wrote it, but I read it through the lens of my ideal client. And I say, is this valuable? Are they going to find this valuable? And if not, I script it. And I also assess, did I say I way more than I said you? If I said I far more than I've said you, I failed. I made it about me. And it can't be about me. I can talk about my life, which I do, but I need to always relate it back to my end user. I need to bridge the gap between where I'm at and where my prospective client is at. So that's one thing. And then the thing that I think you do so well of is I just try to show my own life. And like, if you watch your Instagram stories, like you show your life, you show who you are, you know, you get a real sense of like Kendall, not just as the coach, but as the human being. And that's something I'm such a big believer on is, I mean, I don't have the biggest following. I don't buy, I don't buy traffic. I don't buy Facebook ads, but I truly believe in human connection. And I believe what's lacking in the online coaching space is in information. All the infographics are out there. All the content's out there. Google's overloaded with how-to videos and, you know, macro videos and flexible dieting this and all that. What's lacking in our space is human connection. And that's what I predicate everything on is just building that connection. So like if I get 10 comments on something and it becomes a really good engagement, I will just message that person and I'll say, hey, dude, thank you so much for engaging my post. I truly appreciate it. Here's like another detailed response or I'll send them a video response, just personalize it. And I'll ask more about them. Like, what are your goals? What are you struggling with? What obstacles are in your way? How can I add value for you? I never leave a conversation without saying, if there's ever anything I can do for you, please let me know. Yeah, that's incredible. And I think that's honestly what even determines whether or not somebody wants to work with you. And, you know, from there, obviously, when you touch base with people, when you plant those seeds, whether it be in the DM, whether you give them a comment back, um, and they decide to come on to your team as a client. Um, I think it's really important to have some kind of structure when it comes to your business, obviously, especially if you're looking to scale it. So um, for you, Tony, is there anything specifically, any certain platforms you use or any kind of onboarding technique that you have that you've found has just been the best to really give your clients the best experience from the get-go? Yeah, that's such a great question. And, you know, I wish I would have known this when I started because I didn't. And you're right. If it's not like a systematized process, um, a, a lot of things can get lost and it's just not a good client experience. So <clears throat> for nutrition coaching, I don't use any fancy apps besides my fitness pal. Everything I've created is just like Google Docs, but it starts, it starts with a phone call just to ensure that it, it's so I can learn about you and your goals. I can explain about what we do as a coaching program and see if it'd be a good fit. If it is a good fit and you're invited into my program, then it starts with collecting your investment to get you enrolled. And then it starts with a detailed intake and assessment. I need to learn everything about this person and not just about their dietary habits or their workout. But I want to learn about them as a human. What type of coaching do you enjoy? I ask people to tell me about a time they've worked with a boss, a manager, a leader. What did they enjoy? What did they not enjoy? 
I like to assess them as a human being as well, because as you'll know, and you'll agree, we all learn differently, right? So it's about understanding how they learn, how they are as an individual. And then of course, their nutrition, their biofeedback, all that good stuff. And then again, one thing that's so important for like, especially new coaches is expectations of a good client. Like you have to give that to them. So like I tell my clients, this is how I want you to check in. This is when I want you to check in. This is how you'll communicate with me, right? Like, you know, for my mentor clients, they know, don't text me because I, don't, I won't get to the text. You use Slack. We use Slack for that. You'll know that, hey, we do our Zoom calls, arrive five minutes early, be prepared to engage after. It's about setting the expectations of a good client. Your clients want to be good clients. They want to, you know, do their job and all that. Just a lot of coaches drop the ball by not creating that expectation for a good client. So I think what we do so well is doing that and doing that in the beginning. So when we start off our relationship together as coach and client, you know exactly what I need from you. I know what you expect from me, how you like to be coached, how you like to be interacted with, and then we can build and adjust from there. Right, right. And that's so important is that expectation. I think that for me was in the beginning, you know, I really did lack structure. And for those listening who are online coaches, you don't have to have a super spiffy looking, you know, documentation of everything, but it is really important to at least have some kind of kind of foundation to give that client a really good experience. I still, to this day, like you, Tony, work in Google Docs, and I do have a few other platforms that I use. I use um, Teachable for a course, which if those of you who are looking to get into building online courses, there's Thinkific, there's Teachable, um, and I know Kajabi is a really good one as well. So just having some kind of um, structure for your client is so important. And like you said, the expectation. Um, And then as far as it goes with those expectations, I know that you mentioned having a check-in process, Tony. So um, for you, as far as it goes with touching base with your client, have you noticed there's a specific amount of like touch points throughout the week that helps with retention and giving the client a really good experience and kind of what your check-in process looks like? Yeah, that's such a good question. So for nutrition, I like to have weekly check-ins even though I know with like fat loss specifically, the progress is never linear. And especially at a certain point, we should expect to see progress. However, we are measuring it with that individual every 10 to 14 days. I just like weekly check-ins because it just keeps people consistent. They don't have to worry about, oh, did I check in last week or was it the week before? They just know, all right, every week I send my check-in. He's going to get back to me within 24 hours. For my mentor clients, what we do now is we do, uh, twice a month, bi-weekly Zoom calls, like the group Zoom calls, and we're broken into pods. Um, we do a once-per-month private call with each client. But then we have Slack, and, and in Slack, we're all communicating like every single day. And we have a Facebook community as well. But with the mentorship, it's a bit different. It's constant communication daily. It's those bi-weekly Zoom calls to where they can get marching orders and interact with each other. And then it's that private call one-on-one with me to address anything very specifically, anything we really need to go deep into. And again, creating action items. That's one big thing I want to stress again for any new coach listening is every call walks away with action items. It's tactical. Whether it's nutrition or mentorship, they know the two, three, four, five things that I need them to do for the next call. Because the worst thing you can ever do with coaching is get on a call, ramble a bunch of information, and then your client walks away and says, okay, great, what am I supposed to do? So that's one thing I was always, I guess, very aware of is to create tactical things for my clients to do, measurable steps to move them forward, and that's what's worked really well. Yeah, that's incredible. And I know also kind of going along with that, I guess it ties hand in hand. Um, I think as far as it goes with coaching, setting boundaries, 
really making sure that you posture yourself in the correct way is really important. So is there anything specific that you, you know, besides setting those expectations with your clients, set certain boundaries surrounding when it came to, you know, your check-in process or communication or anything like that? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question, Kendall. And I've learned this the hard way. Like I've literally learned this when I've made myself ill from trying to catch up with things. And just like, I found myself, I was doing like 10 hours of coaching calls per day, hour long calls. So like 10 hours of that, trying to work out, trying to be a husband to my wife, right? Trying to do social media and interact. And I just hit a wall. So yeah, I have established boundaries now, but I have to be honest that it took me into hitting the wall to be able to do it. So like now I know, and I have an admin now, so I'm very fortunate, but she'll like schedule with me. But uh, I know now that I can only take a certain number of like coaching calls per day. And really this is a credit to a mutual friend of ours, um, Amanda Bucci, who really like helped me realize this, but but I only take a certain number of coaching calls per day. Um, Communication is no more text messages, which was really hard to wean my clients off of, but they, they respect it to where, Hey, if I'm at, in a workout or if I'm eating dinner with my wife, I'm not responding to text messages. If I accidentally click it and miss it, it gets lost. So that's where Slack came about. Check-in process. If it's like a lengthy question, you email it to me. You don't like Slack it or, or if you do still text, like don't text it to me. Email it to me. So yeah, I have established those boundaries. I don't take calls past 7 p.m. anymore because I get so wired I couldn't fall asleep. So I did establish those. And again, a huge takeaway that you brought up here and for your audiences, establish those in the beginning. Because I will tell you this, it's much harder to do it when you built a business up and you have clients who have gotten used to something before and then trying to pivot. Like we made it work, but it would have been so much better, especially with my mentorship, if I started off in the beginning. Hey, here's the Zoom calls. Hey, here's Slack. You know, don't text me unless it's absolutely urgent. It just would have been easier to do. So yeah, that's that's a great question. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Um, I, you know, starting off my business for, I would say almost an entire year, I just exhausted myself out. And like you said, up until Amanda was brought into my life, I didn't catch anything. You know, I didn't focus on setting boundaries with not just myself, but also with my clients. Um, Doing both is so important. And I know one thing that you mentioned in there um, was kind of focusing on yourself as well and being able to, you know, go to sleep, spend time with your wife, do all of those things outside of just your job. Um, so is there anything specifically in terms of personal development or self-development that you practice that is going to help you have a deeper connection with your clients and also, um, just make their experience better as well? Yeah, Kendall, uh, Kendall, that's a great question. I would say number one, being a client, like being a client to Amanda, being a client to Bezos Clean, being a client to Jason Phillips and John Romanello, those are the four people I work with. It makes me a better coach to my clients. Number one, I truly believe, even though I come from a formal education background, I truly believe that formal education will make you a living, but self-education will make you a fortune. And it's the constant investing back into myself that allows me like a funnel. That's really what coaching is, right? We're at the top of the funnel and everything we bring into our life, our nutrition, our sleep, our energy, our mindset, our personal development, whether it's books, courses, you know, live events, workshops, or one-on-one coaching with a higher level mentor, then we funnel that down into our clients. So if any one of those things is off, if my, if my nutrition's off and I feel like crap because I'm not sleeping and then I'm not doing things to take care of myself, like journaling and reading and working out, how can I deliver the most of myself to my client? So again, it took me a long time to learn that, but it's about establishing those core principles in my life and then just investing in myself. I, I'm a huge believer that the more I invest in myself, 
the better coach I become. And I truly believe that coaches need coaches. Like if you look at any great athlete in the history of time, like Michael Jordan, he had, a, I believe at one time he had like 23 coaches, 23 coaches. One was like a jump shot coach. And one was his strength co- coach, Tim, um, Tim Grover. And he had like this coach and that coach, like every great person in the history of time has had coaches. So if you are looking to lead others as a coach, you have to invest in yourself. You have to get coaching. You have to get mentorship and that, that will transform you more than anything. Wow. I'm so happy that that was the next, the next thing that you touched on, because the one thing that I wanted to talk a bit about is, you know, obviously we've talked about things from the clients or from the coaching perspective, but I also wanted to touch a little bit on, you know, how the client can actually get the most out of the coaching that they are investing in. And one thing that you, you touched base on was the investment. So um, and I know in the beginning of the call, you talk, talked a little bit more on money mindset. So from a client's perspective or, you know, a proposed client that, you know, could possibly be looking at going into coaching, um, what would you say would be a good thing for them to focus on when focusing on looking for a coach and actually making an investment in themselves? Yeah, that's such a good question. So I think it comes down to two things. Number one, like with money mindset, I know it can be scary making an investment, especially if you're not financially where you want to be. But I look at it as two ways. Number one, you don't invest in coaching when you're making the millions, right? You invest in coaching when you're not making what you want, because that's how you will, that's how you will propel yourself forward. Like if you were just doing everything already well, and you're making millions of dollars and you're crushing it well okay maybe you wouldn't need a mentor but you invest in mentorship like like how i told my story when i realized i wasn't doing it on my own so it's time to pay someone to make me do it and for me kendall it came to this powerful realization around money money is just energy that's all it is it's this abundant infinite energy resource money in your bank account is potential energy it's lying dormant it can't do anything for you it's actually rotting with inflation. It's worth less and less every year. When you take that money and you invest it into something that will help you grow, whether it's a fitness coach, whether it's a mentorship, whether it's in a book, a course, a, a weekend retreat, whatever, it becomes kinetic energy. It's now out in the universe and it can produce an ROI. It can bring back to you 5X, 10X, 20X, whatever. But money in your bank account is just potential energy. It only becomes powerful when you invest in yourself. And when I really embodied that, it transformed my life. And now I I don't view money as this like scarcity thing that I need to hoard. I view it as just this free flowing resource. And the more that I put out there, the more abundantly I live, the more it comes back to me. Like I told my wife, my wife suffers from lower back pain. She was a former college athlete. She suffers from lower back pain. So I said last year, I made the commitment. We're only flying first class now. And part of it is, yes, I do like first class, but part of it is because I don't want her to sit in pain. Like the seats up there are much more comfortable. They're much more better. She can spread her legs out and her pain is significantly reduced. So that's what I associate the money with is, is, you know, the quadruple price of a coach ticket to first class. Is it worth it just to, you know, drink wine out of a glass cup instead of a Dixie cup? No, but it, in order to increase like our energy and solve that pain point that she had, it's 100% worth it. So the money is just the energy around that. Um, as far as how to be a good, how to find the right coach, it's whoever you connect with, right? So like for everyone listening to this, obviously they're connected to you for whatever reason. So, you know, it, it's fair to say there are probably other coaches out there that do very similar things to what you do, but how you teach your stories, your experiences, your mannerisms, 
just who you are and how you translate it. That's, that's, what's powerful. I mean, coaching, coaching client is just, it's the same relationship as two friends. Anything can create that affinity between you. It could be anything. It could be that you both like Game of Thrones. It could be that you're both from the same area or you both struggle with the same things or you both have the same alignments on things. It doesn't matter. As long as you have that human connection with your coach and it's someone you just truly know, like, and trust, then that's really all you need. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think another thing is too, in terms of the investment in yourself, especially if it comes to health, because a lot of the times when you look at it, you know, in terms of health coaching, how am I getting that ROI? How am I getting that return on investment? And the thing is, when your health is at its peak, I can honestly say, for myself included, when my health is at its best, I'm more motivated to get on coaching calls. I'm more motivated to work. I'm more motivated to go out and build relationships that are going to help me further, you know, my connection with myself and my work. So, you know, even from the health side of things, if you're looking to invest into a health coach rather than even a business mentor, being at your peak health performance is when everything else in your life truly does come together. So I think kind of relaying onto the, the point of investment for health coaching anyway, that's also where you get a really big return. Um, now, in terms of, of your clients, you know, sticking with retention, staying motivated, obviously the coach can do as much work as they possibly can. So what do you think is like the one factor for the client-coach connection that the client can actually do to get the best experience with that coach? Oh, that's such a great question. I've never, I've never had it phrased that way for the clients. I really like that. I really think if you're a client and you're coming to a coach, it's just about being prepared. It's about taking your marching orders and executing on them. This is something I always say is like, I can't assess the plan if you didn't do it. Right. So like, if you didn't take action on what I implemented, I can't give you feedback and I can't tweak any of the variables and adjust. So number one, just being prepared, showing up on time, you know, being ready to receive marching orders. And then when you get your marching orders or your, you know, your step-by-step process, whatever you want to call it, or going out and doing it, not being afraid of failure and, and not overthinking. Like this is something I struggled with. I would get marching orders from my coach and then I would think about it. I'd be like, hmm, I wonder if he means this or should I try this or I see what he says, but I wonder if I, and it, it would screw me all up. So just kind of like blindly, just putting like putting tunnel vision tunnel vision on and just taking action. Like they tell me to do three things. I'm going to go do those three things and then I'll let them give me the feedback and give me an assessment on that. So I think that's a, that's a big thing. Awesome. I agree completely. And I think to go along with that too, is just the communication aspect, like just be honest with your coach, you know, no matter what happened, the more honest you are, I guarantee your coach is not going to be disappointed or angry at you or yell at you. And if they do, you should probably run. Um, but <laughs> definitely um, focusing on the communication aspect of things, you know, getting those orders, giving them, doing them, but also just be honest because if you're not, it makes it a lot harder for the coach to give you some kind of solution or compromise in order to be able to, you know, continue to make progress. So um, I agree with that 100%, Tony. So Amazing. I think this was just absolutely incredible from both, you know, the coaching and client perspective. So thank you so much for being able to come on here today, Tony. And I would absolutely love if, if everyone could find you on social media or where, wherever channels that you might have. So if you don't mind kind of telling the audience where they can find you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. First off, Kendall, this was absolutely awesome. I mean, your, your podcast here is just amazing. I love everything that we discussed. So thank you to you. Thank you for building this amazing tribe and this amazing platform. So yeah, if you want to connect with me, the best way to do is Instagram. It's just Tony underscore Stefan, S-T-E-P-H-A-N. 
Um, I do have a podcast, School of Success, which hopefully we will get Kendall on very soon here. Um, and then my website is TonyStuffandDietitian.com. Awesome, Tony. Well, thank you so much for coming on here and having an amazing conversation. Well, thank you, my friend. It was awesome.